This podcast is brought to you by DC Music Publishing. Find out more at dcmusicpublishing.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Music Business podcast. My name is Danny Champion. I uh, currently run a music publishing company called DC Music Publishing and I have been doing this little music business related podcast since 2018 where I talk to a whole range of individuals about their careers in music, about how they got started, about their motivations getting into the industry and it's designed to give those who are interested in careers in music a bit of insider information about how to get in about what you should be doing when you get in and also those who are already in the industry a few details a few ideas about where to direct questions where to uh, direct queries and everything else that they might need uh, this week's episode is with Emily Arda Walter, uh, who is currently a uh, management assistant at This Is Music. Emily was actually one of my old students at the University of South Wales. So a bit like a few past guests. She's somebody else who I've known for a number of years, someone really keen on getting into the industry and got there. So this is a really great conversation uh, for those of you who are really keen on understanding that side of the industry that little bit more. She spent time at Universal Records. She talked about her time at the uh, Sun Festival in Cardiff, which is a up and coming music festival or rather a music festival for up and coming artists that is uh, located in Cardiff. We also talked about her time doing her music business degree. So as I said, those of you who are at that stage of this, other other students out there that are really keen on kind of understanding and getting a bit more of a grip on getting into the industry, this is definitely a conversation for you. So rather than me jibber-jabbering on, here is my conversation with Emily Arder-Walter. covid recently yeah. <laughs> um, how has getting to london and diving into everything gone and kind of treated you since graduating in what 2019 yeah it's been Probably a, bit, a wild. Bit, of a, bit of a strange time as well because you did yeah. that and then what like six months later everything Locked was down. was was slightly not what we were all expecting definitely not um so it was quite weird for me so I the first job I managed to get straight away pretty much within I secured it before I graduated which was great mm -hmm. uh was in merchandising for a company called open management um and it was great it was remote working got to travel worked with the most random accounts that I never thought I'd even look at mm -hmm. um so I had the music side of things, but I also had um, 
I worked with a sex toy store and there was an event that I worked with paddy diving and then Liverpool Football Club and it was just very surreal um but I struggled with the working from home side so I managed right. to secure a job at Universal mm. two weeks before lockdown and I was like yeah finally in an office and then off you all go home for <laughs> the foreseeable future okay so the um, so the the first role that you got after university was already a remote yeah working role so everybody was remote there there was were you already kind of doing the whole zoom call things at that point or was it very much distant correspondence as well um a bit of both we did skype because and it was a company policy not to put your camera on because people like to work in their pajamas um which was great but also I'm a I love a routine so for me have being able to shower at three o'clock in the afternoon wasn't the best I need to be up dressed ready um yeah so I I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot and my boss actually used to work at Universal um so it was very open to molding what I was doing with him towards music and kind of heading in that road anyway um yeah it was just very strange I can I can I think it was very strange for everybody I try not to dwell on the on the the COVID lockdown stuff Mm. because it was very much a moment in time and I like to think that we're not going to be in that moment in time again yeah however it has informed a lot of how how we all do stuff so if we move backwards ever so slightly before we move forwards um why music why the music business oh great question Longs at the time I wasn't good enough to be a professional pianist or bassoonist uh without the Royal Marine Band and that's the route I wanted to go down okay. uh, but I am borderline asthmatic in air quotes um (laughs) so unfortunately couldn't go down that road I had a four-year ban so I ended up going to university anyway as you know um Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do a normal music degree because again I wasn't good enough to kind of go down a professional road Mm -hmm. normally um I really enjoyed business at school like why not mesh the two together I didn't really know what it was about like I remember yeah. first year lectures and I was like what's a major label I was like I okay. have no idea right so you you were that kind of green to the whole mm. side of it is that you know you yeah. had a grounding in business via via education and I'm kind of I'm very much thinking back to you being in my first year what is the music business class yeah which is what six years ago now um but so it was it was you you were very much one of those people where you had a relationship with music but you knew or you didn't want to or for whatever reason the performance side of things was not going to be the the way that you wanted to go Mm. and so you thought I'll I'll chance my arm with this thing that I know nothing about so what was the how what was your um, thought processes what were you expecting did you go into it with a completely open mind and yeah. kind of just to see and we're kind of like I just want to learn everything or did you have some preconceptions with based on 
what you knew, you know, your the, the music that you already listened to and things like that at all? No, I was completely open because I had no idea what I was anticipating. Um, it was, I felt that was quite a good way of going into it because, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me, because I was then in like your class and I was like, oh, I want to be a publisher. And then I was in Skip's class and I was like, oh, I want to be an A&R. And oh, then I want to be a lawyer and everything that I learned, I just wanted to be involved in and do. And I honestly loved it. Like, don't mm. get me wrong, part of your degree, not everyone loves and there are harder parts and there are definitely parts that I didn't enjoy as much. Um, but as a base level, absolutely loved it. I could not have had a better time and mm. enjoyed learning as much as I did. Like, it was great. What were the bits that you didn't enjoy looking back on it now? What were the... Because, again, this... Yeah. I, I, It's an interesting place because quite a few of the people that I talk to on here you know university is is much further in in their past so it's a very it's a quicker conversation you know for instance I was I did I was the same as you I did a music business degree but I did it um 10 years before you did so very much it informs what's happened subsequently but it's it's not as raw (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and I I I can tell you all the things that I didn't like about university but also I can tell you all the things that I got out of university as well so what were those things that you that you didn't like potentially more of the like conventional business side of things so the finance and the business structures I think they were important to learn and I'm glad I learned about them Mm -hmm. but it was more it was less creative and it wasn't as fun and exciting for me whereas learning about I don't know A&R and how to release a record and how to market it that was great because it was all just completely new and I had no idea about it to begin with. So the the difference between doing a a music business degree rather than a standard like marketing degree or or just general business degree okay and and I guess the the big question and I'm sure you mentioned this when we first met back in 2016 but why Cardiff because there's at that time there was probably wasn't as many uh, universities that do a business degree than there is now but Mm. still you're not from Cardiff um and the music industry, as you probably realise now, is I'm going to go with 80% London focused. So why why Cardiff and not London at the time? Um, so I'm from a very small town. So London at the time quite was quite scary. Right. Um, Cardiff was close enough to home, but far enough away that my mum had to tell me when she was coming up and not just turning up on my doorstep. <laughs> um but it was big for me it was big enough but it was small enough it felt really safe I liked the course I liked how small the course was um that I wasn't going to be one of 300 people we were one of 10 Mm -hmm. um and that meant that we had way more contact time and I'm a very outspoken person I think I was I like to get involved and ask Mm -hmm. all the questions and I don't think I would have 
thrived as much in the university environment had it been a bigger uni, a bigger city. It was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love Cardiff. It's just, I guess, there's no, obviously there's no like right or wrong answer mm. in that space. It's always an interesting one, especially when you know how much of the industry is kind of London centric, but you know, mm. there are courses now in Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol, Cardiff, Liverpool, uh, Highlands of Scotland. You can go well. so if you wanted to go as far away <laughs> where you are as possible. Um, so it's always interesting, but yeah, you, you make a good point there that you wanted, you were obviously interested in the industry in a creative city, but the jump from your, I guess, you know, your home life to the capital of the UK was a little bit of a step yeah. too far at that point. Definitely. And did you feel much more comfortable when you did it after university then? Or was it still a little bit, holy crap? Um, well, I moved during lockdown. It was during the October, November lockdown. Okay. Um so I felt very ready to leave home because um, I moved back in with my parents after I graduated. So I kind of got eased into London life, I think. I think that's worked really well. Um, and obviously easing back into the office. I felt very comfortable with who I was going back to see. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely think it was an improvement. Like it was the right choice rather to mm. go post-uni than pre-uni. Okay, okay. And did you, when you finished university, you said that you'd, you'd kind of set up a, an opportunity, a job opportunity mm. after university. Was that kind of just grabbing the, the first thing that came along that you, that you were interested in? Or did you have an idea about where you wanted to go after you, after you finished university in 2019? It was a leap at the first opportunity, but it wasn't a bad offer. Like I really wanted to do yeah. it, um, merchandising. So I did during my degree, I worked a lot with festivals, um, soon festival that's in Cardiff mainly. Um, so I had the live experience and the gigging and loved, loved, still love that side of things. Mm -hmm. um, merchandising was just something I didn't know about. And Peter was someone that came in and did a talk with our class, our business class at the time, um, our business module. And I was like, that sounds fun. want to do that. Um, so spoke to him after the lecture and just said, do you have any opportunities? Can I have a job, please? Nice. Um, luckily, it worked out. But yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very much a uh, fake it till you make it or fake it until you're at least pretending to be confident enough. Um, and the worst people can say is no. There was an element of, of luck that came in there mm. that that person came in at that particular time and you kind of thought that sounds really interesting mm. if if that hadn't have come along do you think you would have still done everything you can to kind of find just anything in the music industry to be in it and then kind of figure out where to settle or would you maybe have been a bit more 
I guess, picky and choosy. You know, what, what was your, where was your head at? How realistic did you think it was? How easy do you, did you think it was going to be to to find work and, you know, things post-university? Um, I think I was in the mindset of it's really hard to get a job as soon as you've graduated, so just grab what you can. Mm-hmm. I was quite fortunate in that I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically. Um, obviously, I knew music um my main aim at the time was to get into a record label um so I was constantly looking with Universal Sony and Warner mm-hmm. um and kind of applying while I was in it it's always easier to find a job when you're in a job I think as well um yeah it was very just grab what I can and then slowly figure it out so I managed to do a commercial inter- internship with University and then I moved into finance Mm -hmm. invaluable experience both of those roles but I knew I didn't want to do that um and kind of circle back around to management again and luckily after a long time of searching my current job came up yeah it's it's just it's really interesting getting getting that insight from someone who's kind of you know you're what three years post so it's still very kind of you're still within that that world of finding your feet you're not too worried about settling yet you know that you've still got plenty of time to kind of move around to see what what's on offer but you also understand that as you pointed out that it's much better to be in and then move and and work things out than it is to kind of look in from the outside because yeah getting in getting in is probably the hardest bit Definitely. Yeah. Going, going, going back to the university thing, how did you approach university? Were you, what type of student were you? I probably worked a bit too hard, um, which I don't regret. I'll say, I'll say this now. You came, you came to enough lessons looking like you'd, you'd partied enough. <laughs> Yeah, you found, I, the, you found the happy medium. Yeah, I really did. I think <laughs> it got worse. It got worse, Daddy. Honestly, uh, <laughs> I think I so I took a gap year before university. Um, again, because the whole Royal Marine fell through thing. Um, so I worked in a call centre, and my mindset was, I don't want to do this long term. Um, so I I need to work. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need to, if I want to get to where I want to get to, I need to put the work in. Um, yeah. So I very much, I think I got it quite a good balance. I only missed a few lectures a year or over the three years. I turned up to everything, whether I was functional or not, with a different situation. Yeah, but but it's, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, u- university is a, is a long experience. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's three years and there's there's not one way to do it you know Mm. I would as someone who has been in your position as a student and also is now viewing how students interact with the university it's you know there's I'd never I'd never assume that there's one way to do it correctly you know it's an experience Mm. it's a life experience you're learning a hell of a lot about you as yeah, well definitely. as all the stuff that you're being taught in the lessons and in the lectures and and everybody learns differently and some people are great at 
reading books and some people are not and some people need need much more guidance by a person rather than to be able to do things themselves mm. so how, did you did you go into university knowing your strengths and how to do things or was that very much a thing that you kind of figured out as you went along definitely figured it out as I went along um I knew I knew myself enough that I had to be organized I couldn't leave things to the last minute otherwise I would have a meltdown um that still happened don't get me wrong it would be uh the Christmas period it'd be writing three essays in a week and throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks mm-hmm. um but by the end I definitely got in a routine and kind of got I learned how to manage my time better and how to work smarter not harder mm-hmm. um which massively helps and I don't think that is necessarily taught what well, well I think everyone's different and you can kind of get the advice you get. We, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, no. it properly. <laughs> no, you, you've kind of said it, that you can't be taught it because what works for you doesn't work for the person yeah. next to you. And I was going to, when you were saying that, I was going to say how much of that side of things has informed what you're doing at the moment in management? When you've got deadlines and targets and there's other people's time that you're trying to manage and things like that. Are you starting to see all of that kind of stuff that you weren't taught in a classroom has really come come into its own or Definitely. is coming into its own at the moment? Yeah, I so I'm quite lucky. I'm I have two manage, managers with very different management styles, okay. um, both with their artists are very different. Um, and I can they're both very conscious of what work have you got what can I give you um it's very open communication in terms of how busy I am and what they need and I always work better when I'm busier anyway otherwise I find I procrastinate if I've got like two things to do mm-hmm. um and I'll wait until the last minute so they're quite good at giving me enough to ensure that the work gets done to a good quality and a high standards yeah cool well before we jump into the well what your time at Universal and also what you're currently doing um you mentioned is it sound festival or or sound festival soon festival is the festival. Welsh word for sound yep so soon festival you jumped in feet first mm. that. you were part of it all three years yes you were there for those who are going to listen to this who might not know what that is what is it and what did you do um involved so it's a city-wide festival in Cardiff it has evolved over the years um yeah so all the venues within Cardiff they kind of spread out as one weekend we had all upcoming artists um bands soloists everyone um, it was originally set up by Hugh Stevens, the DJ, radio DJ, and John Rostron. Um, but when I was there, it was run by John and a guy called James, um, who now does ramen food, which looks incredible. I really want to go and try it. Um, yeah, so the one of the third year students at the time, who I'm really good friends with now, Marie, 
she came into our induction class and she was just like get involved straight away like mm -hmm. I need volunteers let me know if you want to help um and because I just got chatting to her I became a volunteer and then I'd come and help in the office um and just kind of found bits for myself to do and probably was a bit annoying and they really uh, it was helpful but I'd ask questions and but the wrong time and but they gave me Marie's role of volunteer coordinator the year after um okay. which was a lot of work but it was great fun it was my first real taste of event management and trying to be organized but working with people who aren't as like-minded as me mm -hmm. probably one of the most stressful months of my life or few months of my life um but I loved it. It was such a family of people that like everyone volunteered. So no one really got paid. It was great. But everyone who was there wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and that gave the festival a great, wholesome feeling. Um, and then the third year I became a, I was artist liaison for just a specific venue. So wow. again, got to see a completely different side. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was great. And the James and John were fantastic and they were and Adam Whitmore as well. Um, I'd be doing it, we'd be at a gig and I'd be just doing my uni work and be like, oh, help me out with this. How do I do this? What's the best way of doing that? Nice. Um, so it was great to kind of apply what I was learning at university in real life and mm -hmm. knowing and getting to see the bigger picture. How much has that come into what you're currently doing? as well how much of that has that kind of direct experience of being and doing a thing rather than writing writing about it really helped you it was great yeah I think everything I did has worked towards it towards mm -hmm. how I work now I found I enjoyed my degree a lot more because I was applying it in real life situations immediately um, and it wasn't just this theoretical, magical world. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is definitely kind of, it brought a perspective of like, oh, okay, not everyone works in the way I work and taught me to be way more organised than I am or I was. Um, yeah, it was great. Cool. Very eye-opening. Mm -hmm. Are you going back? As a uh, no, I haven't been back in a few years unfortunately um it's not they got taken over by clubby fallback i've said that so wrong um so it's changed a bit now i think i yeah i'm not really in touch with it because it's on in october normally yeah hmm. i've been having a look at it today just to see what's what's going on for this year's stuff hmm. wouldn't it would it would are you, are you kind of morbidly curious to go back Kind of after a few years to see what it's see what it's like from from your side of things i think it'd be great to go as a punter yeah. um 100 like the variety of music that's on is phenomenal it's such and it brings light to cardiff and kind of the tourism and i, I yeah i just don't know because i only saw it really from a working perspective and i loved it so much i don't know if i would want to take that um I don't know if the same people still go or anything. Maybe if, maybe I'll get Marie to go with me. <laughs> Give her a call. <laughs>
left university, you got yourself that first job. Now, yeah, cor correct me if I'm getting this timeline wrong. You got you got the merchandising job during your last year, mm. and then and then subsequently you left that and then got an internship at Universal that then turned into a full time job. So I got my internship during my time at the merchandising company. Um, so left merchandising for Universal, yeah. and then it was a year long internship, and Paid. then got a financial position. Right. So and so the yeah the the internship was a paid internship. Yeah. Meaning that you could actually do it and still pay for food yes. and the like. And was that and was that internship in the same department as the as you ended up in, or was that one of was that a, a universal internship where you kind of did a little bit of lots of different things? Uh, it was a specific role. Um, mm -hmm. So mm, I believe most of the majors do this, that you'll have within a department, you have your managers, assistants and interns, and then the interns change yearly just to yeah. give people a chance to be able to get in. Mm -hmm. um, so mine was in commercial. So I was at part of the grocery department. We put CDs and vinyls into supermarkets. Okay. Um, very random. I never, I didn't really think that was a proper role. And now that I've worked there, I don't understand why I thought that. Um, <laughs> you suddenly realise, you suddenly realise how big that sort of a role is. Just this thing yeah. of... CDs in supermarkets is is a whole commercial team. Definitely, yeah. Together, and you can kind of just see how how big the the cogs and the wheels need to be to be turning in a in a company that's the size of Universal's. Hundred percent, and it was quite nice because because it was the commercial department. We worked across all of the labels. Um, so we got to see, we didn't get to see kind of the intricate workings of how the album was made and what went into it. We just saw, here's the product we want to put into supermarkets, please make it work. Um, and, and so that's, and by that you mean the putting a, a CD, distributing the CDs into the, like the CD shop mm. of supermarkets that doesn't seem to exist anymore. No, it's depleting rapidly. Yeah. Um, I think Morrison's is still going and I want to say Asda. Possibly. But I know Tesco that there's, and Sainsbury's don't stopped. do it anymore. Yeah. They must have just said, yeah, there's because they don't do DVDs or anything like that anymore. It's just like, it's not worth it. They obviously no. see, because it used to be a, you'd walk in and you'd get all the toys and the clothes and the CDs. Mm. Which were like, you obviously haven't gone into the stock to shop to buy them, but let's put them right at the front because mm -hmm. you might buy one anyway. And they must yep. have just gone, it's not worth it. It's now clothes that apparently are the biggest selling, apart from food. Mm -hmm. um, that's why you see the massive department. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so it was, yeah, you were you were essentially in the the, the distribution part for that particular area of of retail yeah yes uh so i was in charge of keeping the schedules up to date um making sure that so my manager would negotiate which titles would go in mm -hmm. um to whatever supermarket um and then i would be told what they were and just keep an eye on the pricing whether the pricing dropped or was raised um the dates it would go in 
when we would take them out, how long they'd run for. And, things and like was, that, was that new releases and catalogue and yeah. compilations across yeah. the board? Yes, well? it was all of it. That must have been a bit of a baptism of fire, seeing as Universal are the biggest company in that sort of space. They've probably got quite a lot that they were trying to funnel into those places. I think so. I think I was kind of sheltered from it a little bit in terms, okay. like my manager dealt with the intercompany. I don't know if there were politics or not, but I'm assuming there were. The like communication um, between labels and what they wanted into supermarkets versus what would actually work. Um, there's a very strong demographic, like the compilations do very well yeah. and will stay, they will have a really long longevity within the, um, within the shelving mm -hmm. system that they have. Um, there would be certain new artists that we wouldn't put into supermarkets just because the mums and dads at Tesco's wouldn't necessarily think to buy that um yeah. as opposed to oh it's the now latest now cd let's it's got everyone on it i'll buy that one instead yeah and how did that then turn into the full-time role in the finance department because i've got so when i give you a bit of an insight um when in my second year of university I got my internship at Sony um, at the time I'd also been offered an internship at Universal in the same role I took the Sony one and one of my mates who was doing the same course as me took the Universal one it kind of felt oh. right and also I'd got my myself the Sony one um, and the Universal one had kind of come as a hey students I want you all to go for this and all that sort of stuff so there was kind of a sense of ownership on on, on that side subsequently there wasn't a full-time role at the end for, of the yeah. Sony one and I was there for like on and off for maybe two and a bit years and my friend who was at Universal is now the global senior vice president of marketing for um, one of their labels over in LA so he's kind of done all right for himself. Yeah, just a bit. But because it would seem as though at the time, Sony ATV was kind of separate to the rest of Sony. It was when it was still partly owned by, by Michael Jackson. Whereas the Universal one, it was all very much one big company. And so you start, you were an intern here. And when that finished, if there was a job in the commercial department or if there was a job in the marketing department, they would try and they would try and place people. Mm. Is that how it worked for you? It was very much you you came to the end of your internship and then there was they came to you and sat you down and went, right, we want to keep you on because your managers have said X, Y and Z about you. This these are the roles or this is the role we want for you. Or did you apply? How did it all work? A bit of both. Um... So generally there is that culture of trying to keep people within Universal if they can. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll rarely see an assistant role advertised externally because they'll try and keep the interns and move them up to assistants, mm -hmm. whatever road they want to go down. Um, I had a couple of meetings 
for various roles with HR um, that weren't finance. Like there was the, the the thing I least enjoyed at uni. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but I needed a job at the end of my internship. Finance needed someone. So it's a temporary contract um, mm-hmm. that just kept getting extended, which worked great for both sides. Um and they trained me up from nothing. They were perfectly happy. The fact that I had no financial experience. Um, my bosses were great. I had a very open relationship with them. They knew finance wasn't something I wanted to do long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was fine. They needed someone um, who could just learn quickly and do the job at hand. And yeah, it just kind of grew from there. We had a couple of illnesses within the team. So I just stepped in to take those positions because it was easier to fill what I was doing and kind of morph me into something more because mm-hmm. I knew the basis of things already. Um, that's yeah, going to be great. that's going to be amazing for you as well, kind of just being given kind of more, even if it is in a part of a business or the industry that you're not necessarily wedded to. Giving giving you more responsibility and more things to get your teeth into is only going to be motivational. Definitely. I think I needed something to keep me going. I kind of got on top of everything. There was a massive lull. Um, so they kept trying to find me more things to do, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for them. And I got to learn. I got to take ownership of the receivables, so the money in side of things and so what was what specific parts of the financial team were you in were you was it it was it was the company's money in as opposed to royalties going going out to to the artists correct yeah um so it started off working on the payable side um where I just checked people's bank details got to speak to a couple of I like spoke to just Jack didn't realize it was just Jack um I was like oh you you in charge of just Jack Limited he's like yeah got off the call I was like oh that was really stupid um (laughs) yeah so that was interesting and then they moved me over to the receivable side and I'd have to chase people to pay us uh on time Mm -hmm. and then I got to work kind of further afield within Universal so we worked quite closely with the sync team to make sure we were getting paid from them and then the live team um and then so, it hit Christmas and all hell broke loose <laughs> <laughs> so from from that from a major's perspective if, if you take something like sync for example the sync teams doing the doing the kind of the creative side the sales bit and then they're shunting it off over to you to chase money on their behalf or are you literally just are you kind of leaning on them to say oh by the way you need to chase up these invoices very much leaning on them they have the responsibility and the relationships um if it gets to a point where they're hitting a wall it then comes to we have an external financial team as well who help with the chasing it'll come to the team and then it'll get escalated to me and then I'll go back to the sync people and be like, here are the ones we're having issues with. We need your help again, please. Right. Because so it's, you're very much looking at it internally mm. and managing, making sure that all the different departments are making sure that the money that they are bringing in is coming in. Yes. It's not, 
a company like Universal doesn't basically pass projects down the line to different different departments in that in that sense. No, uh, there will be so some aspects of it. So we our external finance team, like we outsource, mm-hmm. um, they would chase like base level chase invoices. So an invoice will be put onto the Uniport system, the Universal system. And then it will go through and be communicated. It's only the people who don't pay, we'd then chase. And then if they're having issues with it, it'll then get escalated to me. And then if we're still having issues, I will then internally escalate it to the project manager or the studio manager or someone who has that direct relationship. And then normally it's solved. How often did that happen? Um, More often than we'd like to we'd like it to uh but it wasn't in the grand scheme of the people who work with universal it wasn't that many mm-hmm. if you think about it so yeah it was all, like, most people were quite nice about it or we just try and help them if they were in financial trouble obviously pandemic caused yeah. a lot of issues it'd be like right can we do something to help you let's set up a payment plan something that's realistic for you pay this and that we can keep business going um, for everyone were you back in the office by that yes so you were up in king's cross yes yep how was that how was the great how was the swanky king's cross offices yeah it was great they're very open there's minimal kind of closed door offices so every it was very open plan we were sat next to royalty so you got to hear that side of things and i was around the corner from my original internship role so I got to work with them again mm-hmm. um yeah it was nice there was just a general buzz about the building it was great is it, is it a nice was it a nice environment to be in you know not not everybody knows what it's like inside a major record company mm. and they're not small businesses they're fairly significant businesses with lots and lots of moving parts uh you know does it feel like a creative company even in even in the the financial side of things or does it feel a little bit like you're just in your own little booths doing your own little things no very creative um the there's different themes so each floor there's one or two labels on kind of two different sides and everyone has a theme obviously in line with their label we have murals painted on the wall um yeah it's very creative it's more creative than corporate Mm-hmm. obviously there's still an underlying level of corporate yeah. um as it is the biggest record label but it's great which labels did you have on your floor we had emi next to us we had their boardroom like right. wall next to us so we'd hear their project meetings most weeks and kind of vibrations through the wall it's quite cool we had a vent we could hear a couple of the new stuff um how much music's playing in, in the day. finance department have you just got the radio on or is there do, do certain people in the in the on the floor have I don't know have control over Spotify that's coming through speakers or how does that work it was a couple of people who would be on the radio on the Spotify radio playing through the floor and be like oh we want this we could send requests over we had okay. a team playlist that you could add into if you wanted to but there were two people specifically who just hit the nail on the head vibe wise daily they knew if we needed something more chilled or more upbeat 
it was great see I, I always struggled in that space because of my my particular music tastes mm. if I needed to do something I'd want to listen to something that I guaranteed nobody else in the room would want to listen to but because <laughs> I'm because I'm I have spiky guitars all over the yeah. place behind me so the more I, I get quite chilled out by listening to some quite heavy <laughs> viciously heavy stuff so I was always very much a I'll go in my headphones now for a little bit shall I yeah there is that as well like we knew if you were concentrating headphones were in and like don't interrupt someone mm-hmm. unless it was important um but I think that kind of goes for everywhere regardless of where you work yeah. um but it was always quite like people were vocal if they didn't want things on or if it just wasn't right but equally then if ever most people are enjoying it you just deal with it with with it or put your headphones in And then this year, mm-hmm. you've moved. You yes. found you found your your way into artist management. Mm-hmm. How did that How did that come about? It was a very long time coming. Um, I was applying for jobs for well over a year. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, very unsuccessful until this role. I knew through applying for so many different things, I got almost to the end of um, kind of similar roles again across all three majors. Um, I was like, yeah, that's definitely what I want to do. And it's like product management and release management and things like that. Um, And then I kept not getting the job. And I actually went for a role as a PA for a management company. And the uh, the manager, the MD, he sat down and he honestly, I've never had someone look so deeply into my soul. It felt like I had a therapy session at this interview. Wow. And he was like, I don't think this is right for you. I think you need to do tour management or you need to be out and about and busy and up on your feet and just doing. He was like, I don't think you should be sat in a place that you could very easily get bored in within mm-hmm. a year um yeah I really tried not to cry (laughs) during that one that's that's an an interesting thing because a lot of people don't don't kind of get that experience in the sense of somebody that because I've met a lot of people who have have essentially been in that position where they you 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 go in for a job and then the person who you're talking to knows that you're not going to be sticking around Mm. and so they're kind of in a in a difficult position like when I was at Peer my boss managing director there had that exact problem with with PAs essentially is that there was a lot of PAs that used that position as a way in to a creative assistant role or you know something else and and it was just it it got infuriating for him that just he he'd get a PA, they'd be doing wonderful things, and then and then eight months later they'd bugger off. Mm. And so the fact that that person was honest with you is is really good. But at the same time, you're just looking for this new opportunity that you can get your teeth into. And once again, it's not it's not available. So 
did that person like offer advice or was it just kind of a reason <laughs> a reason why they weren't gonna hire you um a bit of both it was quite relieving um that I was like actually yeah I don't want to do that it made me reassess what I actually wanted to do and I was like why am I going for things when I know management is what I want to do realistically I was like tour management is hard to get into and also pandemic wise I don't know it was kind of wrong time and I didn't really know Mm -hmm. the security of things um yeah he was quite he did give me some advice in terms of just just reach out to xyz um don't kind of mess around Mm -hmm. go for what you want but yeah it was quite relieving to come out of it and say and know okay I'm not getting the job but I know why rather than just oh you don't have enough experience you may not yet I know and I think I'm I think I got this once yeah you're overqualified um I don't think I've had that one yet. <laughs> I'm too early That's in my career. It's always a fun one when, when somebody turns out, I go, well, look, I'm not saying that I'm not, I am, but if I wasn't interested in this role, I wouldn't have applied. So mm. don't hide behind the fact that I've, I've got too much experience. Yeah. What's available at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is your current role? What, what are your day to day? Do you mention that you work with two direct managers so have you got particular artists that you are working with as part of this is music at the moment yes so I'm a management assistant um obviously learning the ropes and how everything works uh it's in electronic music which I know nothing about a whole I had said that in the interview as well um they asked what I know nothing about you know a lot more about it now surely yeah 100% the last three and a bit months have just flown by um so I work across five different artists Mm -hmm. uh all very different elements of electronic music we have three of them who are development new up-and-comers and and two of them who are um well-established internationally I'm a Um, I don't work with bicep um but so the other managers within the company do. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I met them for the first time and I'd ne- I knew who Bicep were and I knew their music, didn't know like facially who they were, what they looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, okay, hi, I'm Emily, nice to meet you. Just straight over my head. It was <laughs> not, not the best. Obviously it was polite and great. But yeah, it was, I was like, oh, that was bicep. Okay. It's a very strange time. That first time when you do meet the talent. You know, I remember mm. when I was at Pier and when I was at 360 Group, you know, you, you're sat in an office and then Calvin Harris walks in that you only know from music videos yeah. or things like that. And you go, you are really tall. Yeah. <laughs> just weird things just kind of happen. And, you know, that first time I remember being at peer music it's kind of my 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 music industry oh my god I'm in the same room as thing where I had to I essentially went to an an award ceremony with one of the artists and he was mates with Jimmy Page and Jimmy Page from the Z just wandered over and I'm kind of going (laughs) 
yeah <laughs> deep breath be fresh and all and going, yeah and there's John Lydon from the Sex Pistols and there's and there's and there's and there's and there's and you just kind of your brain can't really figure it out mm. at first it takes it takes you time and by the time you you kind of you've caught up with yourself the moment's gone and you've made a fool of yourself and you just have to make it make the next one my other one was when I met Mel C from the Spice Girls that was oh incredible I, to, I just I didn't say a lot in that sense but it's, yeah. understandable hundred <laughs> percent yeah no it happened a lot more at Universal because we were right next to EMI um so we saw a lot of people or heard that people were in the building um a lot more and you kind of just walked past them and said hi and that was it obviously within a small company now you can't escape saying hello to someone but a lot of them are abroad or touring a lot so we don't really get to see a lot of the artists we all go along to shows um and festivals they're all playing out and we all support each other which is great um were you at Glastonbury no unfortunately not um I saw the set though bicep set on BBC incredible absolutely incredible next year hopefully fingers crossed praying (laughs) yeah so so as as a as a management assistant are you I mean how much decision making have you got how much kind of autonomy have you got or are you just literally kind of implementing certain things that the managers are kind of directing you towards implementation at the minute I I don't I really don't have enough experience in management to make those strategic decisions Mm -hmm. um when it comes to things like artwork I can put my opinion forward and what I like the look of um and if there's like two cuts of a track that's going to come out I get to kind of say what I think but my bosses they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and I don't um so I'm very I just like to absorb and I like to learn there's no day that is the same at the minute as well which Mm -hmm. is fantastic like I've got some social media banners to make and then I've got to book some flights for a tour and book some travel and it's just all different and it's it's so exciting I'm excited to go to work every morning, which awesome. I know is a bit sad, but no, 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 that's what care. everybody wants. That's what yeah, that's exactly. You're literally living the dream that when the when the alarm goes off in the morning, you might be going, oh, it's morning, but then it's excitement about what's what what the day mm. has in store. Yeah. Is there scope within this is music? Like are there are there people there that are now managing artists who were there as as assistants so you can see potential future opportunities for you to have your own roster of artists which I'm guessing must bleed into that sense of this is exciting now because I can see a pathway I can see what I could be doing in 18 months two years time yes exactly so my one of my line managers he was an assistant as well is now a full fully fledged manager developed artist manages internationally acclaimed artists as well um there's a couple of people within the company who are like that's the road they're taking um which is great and there's always space to grow and do something different and be innovative we have 
so many slack channels between us all and there's constantly popping off like our a and r one there's always like oh have people heard this what do we think of this and yeah it's very it's very close-knit but you get to just feel each other's energy and learn a lot just from even sitting in the office you don't even have to be involved in the conversation just from overhearing what people are saying it's great are you diving into the world of electronic music now from an A&R perspective? Are you finding yourself listening to stuff that maybe six months ago you wouldn't have? Definitely. Um, uh, my Spotify Discover Weekly has changed a lot, <laughs> uh, which is great. Like yeah, I yeah. like that I'm someone who's quite open to all genres of music. Um, I don't really have a hard no on a few things. Mm. Um, yeah I just like seeing different sides of things I'm, I always think there's more to learn even mm-hmm. when you're at an established level of your career whatever career that is there's always more to learn and and to finish up because I'm aware that this is a work day for you um what what are you well what artists are you working on or working with at the moment and what are they up to for the rest of the year um so I've got a guy called Roosevelt he is he's just finished up a DJ tour he's got a few more DJ tour uh DJ dates I think in Europe for the rest of the year mm-hmm. um a couple of uh development artists so Florice he's just announced he's releasing a new track on I want to say the 22nd who's that again Florice F-L-A-U-R-E-S-E cool uh, a guy called Mafro, he used to, he's a session musician, so he used to tour with Ella Air and a couple of other, yeah. I think the Kooks as well, but he's now going solo. Um, he's got some exciting work in the pipeline, very excited for that. Um, really exciting artist, Anish Kumar, who's had a lot of support on radio recently, a lot from Radio One, he's on the Six Music playlist. Nice. Um yeah, he's supporting Fortet at Finsbury Park in yeah. August. Got a lot of festivals coming up. Um, he's excited. Like, I'm excited to be involved with him for sure. And a lovely lady called Sophia Cortez. She's got a couple of US dates actually this week. Um, and hopefully more to come. Amazing stuff. Emily, thank you so much for chatting. Thank you for having me. bloom slash pool um do find me on the internet go to my website dcmusicpublishing.co.uk and get in touch that way uh also on instagram at dc music publishing on twitter at danny champion at find me on linkedin etc etc um there is one more uh, to come uh, so thank you very much for listening and i will speak to you again very soon